The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Chris and Joe Show, Sans Joe. Chris, dad is not here. It is Chris. It is me, Nicholas Falato. Chris, how you doing, my friend? I'm doing pretty good. I'll uh, definitely doing better than Joe is right now. Uh, as you can tell, he's not here. Dad, who is somehow younger than either of us, is <laughs> out sick today. Uh, so it, it's just us. It's just us talking some shop about this upcoming matchup between the New York Giants, who are hosting the Los Angeles Rams. And man, the Rams are a scary team. They're one of the best offenses in the league. Last year, they were a top two defense in the league. But as you know, Brandon Staley took his talents to the other side of Los Angeles. And now Raheem Morris is their defensive coordinator. Their defense is still very, very dangerous. And I'm not necessarily looking forward to this matchup as a New York Giants fan. What about you, Chris? Uh, no, I'm really not either. And this, I think, I think most of it comes from the presence of Matthew Stafford on that offense. You know, at, at the end of last year, I, I had a little bit of hope for the Giants finishing second in the NFC East, basically because that meant they were going to get Jared Goff's Rams. And then the Rams went out and got Matt Stafford and all of a sudden that was just kind of an oh crap moment because Matt Stafford allowed or he allows Sean McVay to just completely unleash this offense and really attack every single blade of grass. Absolutely. Every single blade of grass and the thing about Stafford, too, and just play calling in general, Sean McVay, he's you know a wonderkin of an offensive mind calling plays for the Los Angeles Rams offense. But with Jared Goff, he had to be very, very precise with his play calling. He had to always basically rely on his scheme. Now with Matt Stafford, he has a quarterback good enough who can bail his scheme out when the X's and O's don't match up with the defense is putting on the football field. And that is an invaluable thing to have as a play caller. And we've seen it this season. Matt Stafford, you know, oh, that backside dig, it should be open on this play. It's not there. Let me get to the front side of the play and then just go through my progressions and then unleash the football with a quick release. And if that's not there, I also have a cannon that I can throw on deep balls off play action. Something that was probably a lot of people's biggest question mark, Chris, about Matt Stafford transitioning into this offense. It was, can he 
do the wide zone play action boot rollout? Is he athletic enough? Can he get his hips and shoulders flipped and then find the deep streaking post or deep nine route that's based off that wide zone? And we saw that early in the season when he hit Van Jefferson on that 60 plus yard touchdown. Yeah, Stafford isn't a great athlete, at least as far as modern NFL quarter quarterbacks go. He is definitely not Lamar Jackson or Kyler Murray or Pat Mahomes or you know, even Daniel Jones. It's just pure athleticism. But he can still move well enough, which is kind of surprising considering all the injuries he had at, you know, at the beginning of his career and also in Georgia. But also he has one of the more ridiculous arms in the NFL. And it kind of gets taken for granted anymore just because he has so much arm strength, but he can also launch the ball from just about any arm slot. So he doesn't really need to have a perfect foundation. He doesn't need to really set his feet, get his hips square to the target and go through a, a textbook throwing motion to be able to launch the ball 60 yards downfield. He can do it off-platform from maybe a three-quarters release or sidearm or whatever. It's a wild thing to watch, and it's not necessarily something that's great for the New York Giants defense, a New York Giants defense that I would say confused the Rams in last year's matchup, but again, that was with Jared Goff, and now with Matt Stafford, it's going to be different. I think the quick rhythm passing game is also something that's probably going to take advantage of this zone match and heavy zone defense, something that's struggled all year under Patrick Graham. I'm a little surprised about just the current standing of this Giants defense. And then when you look at what Sean McVay can do with Stafford, it's it's not necessarily something that inspires hope for me. And then you got to look at the coffee narrative, Chris, man. And coffee is strong in Los Angeles with Matt oh, yeah. Stafford and Cooper Cup. I mean, they're, they're oh, getting yeah. cut. They're getting cups of Joe together in the morning, bro. And the <laughs> Cooper Cup has just been insane this season. Matt Stafford has over 1,500 yards already, 12 touchdowns, only three picks. Giants defense is going to have to be opportunistic. If there's an interception in their hands, they have to secure it. They can't drop it, something they've done way too often this season. Stafford makes a mistake, make him pay. That's the, that's the way the Giants are going to win this game, is if that defense is opportunistic and can bait this offense into mistakes. An offense, frankly, that doesn't make that many mistakes to begin with. Yeah, that that seems to be kind of the Giants' path towards winning against these better teams. We saw them do it against New Orleans, where New Orleans made a lot of, we'll say, questionable decisions, <clears throat> Taysom Hill, and <laughs> they also didn't take advantage of the opportunities they had. That let the Giants hang around, and the Giants did take advantage of the opportunities they got. At least they did it enough to have that comeback and win. Dallas didn't take advantage of their opportunities early. They had some dumb mistakes early, but the Giants didn't capitalize. And I think that was the big difference between those two games. And eventually, these offenses, they're going to find their footing. They're going to get traction. And I think the Giants' best hope is that the Rams' offense uh, sputters early. They spin their wheels a little bit early, and the Giants are able to hang with them and then when they get their opportunities, like you said, they take advantage of them. If they've got a pick in their hands, they secure it. If they can get a tackle at the line of scrimmage, they get the guy down. They don't get stiff-armed and trucked and let whoever happens to be the ball carrier pick up you know, another 
five, six yards or, you know, lose contain on a running back or have a coverage breakdown on just Deshaun Jackson, which God, that's a, that's kind of a recurring nightmare for Giants fans anyway. Yeah, the whole Deshaun Jackson thing is something I'm a little afraid of, to be honest. He only has seven catches on the season, but those seven catches went for 215 yards, which is 30.7 yards per catch. So that's his game. Giant fans know that full well. I know he's in his early 30s right now, but the guy is still incredibly fast. And when you have to guard a Cooper Cup, a Robert Woods, a Tyler Higby, who's a really really good receiving tight end. And then Daryl Henderson out of the backfield. You have a lot to worry about. And the Giants have not limited explosive plays this year, something they did such a good job with doing in 2020. And one of the only explosive plays they allowed was last year against Cooper Cup on a blown coverage by Logan Ryan. And I don't remember who the cornerback was opposite of him, but that was so, that was not something we saw at all last year, Chris. And then this year we've seen it a lot through five games. So that's definitely something that this, this Rams team should look to exploit with this Giants defense that is struggling. And they have the personnel to do it for certain. And they have the offensive line that's blocking really well. I mean, the offensive line, Brian Allen, that center that they have, Chris, he is somebody that I just talking to Rams fans and people who cover the Rams, they were worried about him heading into the season. And he's played really well through five games. And there's not that many, or there just isn't really a true weak link on that offensive line. They're all playing together. They've all played in five games. And I don't know if the Giants are going to be able to put enough pressure on Matt Stafford, something that they've also struggled with through five games as well. Yeah, it's kind of a, it's kind of a good example about how you don't need any one player on an offensive line to be dominant. You just need all of them to execute and do their jobs and to play as a unit. When that happens, things start to get a lot easier for the offense. They get a lot easier. And then when you have that rushing attack, that wide zone attack with Daryl Henderson as the primary back, somebody who had a lot of talent, there was no denying it, but Cam Akers was just a phenomenal rookie. He tears his Achilles in training camp. They go and they pursue Sony Michelle, who's excellent as a pass protector. Do you expect to see a heavy run approach early on because the Rams were on the road and because the Giants were just thrashed for over 200 yards against the Cowboys? I th- I think they will lean towards the run, but I also think that's kind of Sean McVay. Yeah, as much ink has been spilled over his use of 11 personnel and how he uh, schemes, scripts, sequences his passing plays, the Rams kind of are a run-first team. So I would expect them to test the Giants' run defense out first. Maybe try to keep the defense on the field, get the guys, get the second-level players going downhill, tire them out, then maybe start hitting all those quick rhythm passing attacks. Or they could try to take the air out of the stadium immediately and hit you know, a couple 15 yard shots and sprint down the field and score that that could happen too. Yeah, I, I could see it one or two ways. They start with a wide zone play to the right, similar to what Dallas was doing, just running to the right side. They hit for like six yards. They pick up a first down with a quick passing. They run it again and then they just hit a big play action ball to Deshaun Jackson and it's going to break my heart. It's probably going to break your heart, Chris, and everybody listening, it'll break their hearts as well. All righty, before we dive into the defense, Chris, I say we take a quick break to hear a word from our sponsors. 
Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. All righty, Chris, this is defense, man. Now, I hear they have a really good guy on their defensive line and a really good guy on their secondary. Now, I'm a little scared about the one on the defensive line, Aaron Donald, man. Guy has 28 pressures on the season. The Giants haven't had the same starting offensive lineman, I don't think, in any game. It's just a rotating door at left guard. And you know that Raheem Morris is going to put Donald in a position where he's isolated on some plays against Billy Price or against whoever's starting at left guard or even Will Hernandez. It's all a mismatch. How scared are you of Aaron Donald heading into this matchup? Um, I would say... Being terrified is prudent uh, just because he is a scary individual. Uh, I am not entirely convinced that Aaron Donald is completely human. Uh, We have seen what he can do basically every year since 2014, and normal humans cannot do what he can do. A 280-pound defensive tackle is typically too small to be a defensive tackle yet he has power in spades he's an excellent run defender and he is just uniquely explosive as a pass rusher and has great technique and he can line up anywhere on that defensive front personally what scares me is the thought of him lining up as a seven technique defensive end because i saw him do that in the tape and then rushing against nate solder the seven technique, man. That's something that Vance Joseph did against the Giants last year with the Arizona Cardinals. They were putting that seven technique right there, shading the tight end and just absolutely slanting inside and taking advantage of the tackle play. And that's could be something that's going to happen against Nate Solder. I'm wondering, and now just to kind of go to the Giants offense, just because it's relative to this defensive matchup. How do you think the snap counts will be between Nate Solder and Matt Parrott? Do you think they're going to lean a little bit more on Parrott or because this could be a tough matchup, they want to go with the experience of Solder? I think it's a nice talking point on Twitter at the moment right now. And I'm a little curious to see what Joe Judge and Jason Garrett are going to do. You know, I I am honestly not sure because given how much this offensive line has been shuffled and reshuffled, I don't know how much they want to shuffle it in game. Like we were just talking about how important communication and chemistry is with the offensive line. And you can have some 
benefit to maybe catching a defensive lineman off guard by changing an offensive lineman. We saw that last year when they platooned uh, their, <clears throat> and his name escapes me at the moment, Cam Fleming at right tackle last year? Yes. Yes, get, that's right. Get, when they pl- platooned Matt Parrott and Cam Fleming, and that did have some benefit. But against a guy like Aaron Donald and... Leonard Floyd is a dangerous pass rusher. Terrell Lewis is a rookie I think we should keep our eyes on. Do you really want to take a chance on interrupting the communication and maybe having a blown call or have a guy come off the bench and put him on on an island with one of these guys? I'll be curious to see how that pans out. Of course, that's all contingent on... Andrew Thomas playing. You know, we don't really know about the status of that foot. Yeah, you know, he was active last week, but he was kind of in a break glass in case of emergency type situation. Exactly. And uh, some could argue that there were a couple emergencies, especially early in that game with Nate Solder just absolutely getting walked back into Daniel Jones's yes. lap. It was an ugly look for the offensive line, but the offensive line is incredibly beat up at the moment and they didn't necessarily invest a lot of capital into the line during the offseason outside of Zach Fulton, Joe Looney, who ended up retiring before the season even started. So it was a crappy situation just to begin with. And I look at some of these other players they have along the offensive line, guys like Gray Gaines and Ashawn Robinson, Sebastian Joseph Day is somebody who could really get after the quarterback. It's not just Aaron Donald. And when you create ISO matchups between a Sebastian Joseph Day and say a left guard who shouldn't be starting, it could pose problems as well. And before we get into the secondary, do you have any takeaways from the edges other than Leonard Floyd since we talked about him or these linebackers? Because it looks like last game it was a lot of Troy Reader and a lot of Kenny Young. Kenny Young, a really, really good athlete, Reader, very, very good processing type of linebacker. Do you think that the Rams will have some mismatches against the Giants in those two specific areas? Well, of this Rams defense, I think the linebackers is probably the place to really focus your attack. Yeah, they're like you said, uh, they've got a good processor and a good athlete, but overall, they don't. the The linebacking core kind of falls a bit short, so that could be a place where you can get uh, Devontae Booker on, like say, a Texas route. You know, get him the ball. Maybe try to scheme Kadarius Tony or Sterling Shepard. It seems like he is on pace to play this week. You know, maybe try to scheme them some matchups against those linebackers. Find some open room in the middle of the field. Pick up those easy yards after catch, and hopefully get rid of the ball quickly before either one of those edges. You know, who you said Leonard Floyd. Giants fans know him. They wanted him badly, and Terrell Lewis. Both guys long athletic, explosive, they have the ability to get after it on the edge, especially when you've got Aaron Donald drawing double and triple teams in the middle. You know, If you can get an edge like Leonard Floyd matched up on really any of the Giants' tight ends, I think that's a matchup the Rams would take every single day. Leonard Floyd's one of the most 
evasive players if you're a New York Giants general manager because Dave Gettleman wanted him this offseason and he went back to the Rams and we all know Jerry Reese really wanted him during that draft but then the Giants were jumped not once but twice by the Bears for Floyd and then by the Titans for Jack Conklin just to reminisce about some other times (laughs) that were unfortunate in Giants history not like this this current state of the Giants is not unfortunate but it's been a rough couple years now Chris The secondary. It's not, from what I understand and from everything that I've seen, it's not the secondary of last year. They do not have John Johnson anymore. He went to the Browns. They don't have Troy Hill anymore, who played really, really well for them as the second cornerback. And now they have, opposite of Jalen Ramsey, they have the kid Darius Williams, who injured his knee last week. I don't believe he's going to be playing in this game. Terrell Burgess, somebody who only played one game, but I think according to some Rams beat guys, he might dress for this game. You have Jordan Fuller at safety, Taylor Rapp at safety. What are your takeaways from this secondary? Do you think the Giants, if the protection holds up, can gain an advantage if they avoid Jalen Ramsey, who's been playing a lot of star for them and hasn't necessarily been shadowing? I think they could get some favorable matchups. Yeah, from what I've seen, it looks like a Robert Rochelle, rookie out of Central mm-hmm. Arkansas, is going to be starting on the outside for them. Yeah, Rochelle is a great athlete. I mean, if you can get a forty-three inch vert with a four-four-one forty, you got some wheels. But he is also a rookie out of an FCS program. He didn't play last year yet. There are going to be some opportunities there. I don't think he should be underestimated because he does have some great ball skills and he is a great athlete. Uh, Their other one, I believe is uh, David Long Jr. He's a fine cornerback. I'm not sure he's a guy you really want to be relying on. And also you talked about the loss of John Johnson the third in the secondary at free safety. That has really pulled Taylor Rapp out from the box where he played kind of a safety linebacker hybrid. That's a p- position I actually really liked for him coming out of college. I loved watching his tape back in college, but he is just not a free safety. He is a downhill enforcer. He's not a guy you want patrolling the deep middle of the field, even though Rams play a lot of cover four and a lot of cover six, but yeah, that, that's still not really his game. So if they can get a favorable matchup on one of these corners, not named Jalen Ramsey and maybe manipulate Taylor Rapp or put him in a position where he's got a lot of ground to cover. That is, I think a, that's a situation to take a shot. Of course, you still have to hold that the defensive front at bay long enough to get there, but there's ways of doing that. Yeah, and we saw the Giants do that last week against Dallas. A lot of seven-man protections built off the play action, try to hit deep Yankee concept or just a deep nine route. They really attempted to do that, and unfortunately on some of those plays, seven-man protection, and the Cowboys were able to get pressure with five. And there's a team that's going to be able to do that it's probably going to be the Rams as well with Aaron Donald and with Leonard Floyd. So I'm not overly optimistic heading into this game, but what I will say, Chris, is this is a 
a classic upset type of setup, right? I don't think that an upset's going to happen, but when you have a West Coast team traveling to the East for a one o'clock start, a team that plays really hard like the New York Giants typically, I don't I don't think they quit last week. I know some people are saying they did. Did you get that impression during the fourth quarter? I just saw a team just getting kind of punched in the mouth. What did you see? Uh, yeah, I think that's really it. The, that was a game where pretty much everything that could go wrong did go wrong. So. I I believe strongly in the statement that you're never as good as your best win and you're never as bad as your worst loss. I don't think the Giants are as bad as they looked at the end of that game last week. So I think they have the ability to play the Rams tight. However, I also think the Rams present a whole lot of the same challenges as the Cowboys do with – an offense that can just take over the game and force your offense to play the game they want you to play by you know really pressing the pace, uh, sprinting down the field and scoring pretty much at will, and then having a defense that has the athletes to capitalize on any mistakes your offense is forced into making. You know, so that is a tough formula to play against, especially when they've got the guys who to more or less counter whatever plan you have to counter them. Absolutely, man. And we'll see. It should be a good matchup. But do you have anything else to say about this upcoming matchup? And when I say good matchup, it doesn't necessarily mean I I think the Giants are going to win. But I'm I'm hoping that they'll be really competitive in this game and that we'll see some fight and hoping that the Giants come out of this healthy as well. Because last week it was was not that at all you needed a triage temp by the end of the game yeah hopefully we don't see that at all you know and really for either team i just hate seeing injuries because you know at the end of the day these are men out there you know really just putting their bodies on the line for our entertainment so i i want to see everybody come through healthy i want to see a good game and i i kind of don't see the Rams taking the Giants lightly because I think they did do that a, a, at least a little bit last year and it almost bit them. It's, yeah. a, good, it's a good point too, Chris, because remember last year the Giants just got spanked by the San Francisco 49ers at home in week three and then they traveled to the West Coast and we saw a really competitive game where if it wasn't for that blown coverage to Cooper Cup, the Giants might have been able to steal that win. That's right. And... That game, it was honestly kind of confusing to me just to take a step back because we had been talking all week in the lead up to that game about how great Sean McVay is at you know, his scheming and sequencing and scripting and how he really plays the chess match to manipulate the defense into giving him the looks he wants when he wants them. And then we didn't see any of that in that game. And I think that, that's where I think he kind of took the Giants for granted and overlooked them a little bit. I, I'm not exactly sure that's going to happen this time, and I think it would be a mistake to expect it to happen. Yeah, so should be interesting. Everybody tune in on Sunday, and then please check us out at Big Blue View, our podcast network, the Big Blue View Podcast Network. You can find that really anywhere. It's on our website as well. We have some great content coming out. Thank you for joining the Chris and Joe Show with No Joe with myself, Nick Filato, and then obviously Chris Flum. Chris, you have a lovely one. Listeners, please take care of yourselves and let's go Giants.